Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 we're looking once again today at the resurrection of jesus what a way to celebrate christmas right join us abounding grace with pastor gary wagner coming up next Normally, when one celebrates Christmas, we start with the beginning of Luke, not the end. But here today and all week this week on Abounding Grace, we'll do just that. We'll focus in on the resurrection of Christ and his appearance after the fact. This is all the reason why we celebrate Christmas after all, isn't it? Hi there, and welcome. This is Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. We would invite you to join us today here in Luke chapter 23 as we focus in on the resurrection of Jesus, part two. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. The basis for salvation has been laid. No more blood needs to be shed. No more works need to be performed. And how do I know? God raised Jesus from the dead, telling us something very special, and that is that his death was accepted by God as a complete sacrifice for our sins, and now nothing can keep us from our God. God has something else special to tell us by raising Jesus from the dead. He raised Jesus from the dead to tell us the good news that all of the covenant promises of God are realized in Christ and are poured out on us in Him. God raised Jesus from the dead to assure us with the good news that all the covenant promises of God that He made throughout the Bible for His people are fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ and poured out on us in Christ. Acts thirteen thirty-two and following say this, And we preach to you the good news of the promise made to the fathers that God has fulfilled this promise to our children and that he raised up Jesus. And as for the fact that he raised him up from the dead, no more to return to decay, he has spoken in this way, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. And how do I know those blessings are mine? How do I know They will come true in my life. How do I know that God will be my God and the God of my children down through their generations in an everlasting covenant? How do I know that God will bless those who love him down through thousands of generations? How do I know that God will continue to claim his family that are here, present, right now in this era as well as those? who are yet to be born from our mother's wombs. How can I know that the promises of God will be fulfilled in our lives? God says, I'll tell you how I raised Jesus from the dead. 
He died on the cross to purchase all of these promises for you and I. He arose from the dead to make sure all of these promises are properly administrated into your life through faith in Him. It's not automatic. It's not without faith. Nothing happens without faith. We don't believe things just happen automatically. Blessings of salvation come by faith and by faith alone. So how do you know? God asks, how do you know I'll be faithful to my promises to all of you who are faithful and believe? I raised Jesus from the dead. In Romans 15, another difficult passage, not that there's really any easy passages in the Bible, although I have had some people say, but the Bible says Jesus wept. Now, that's easy, right? Jesus wept. Not really. Do you know what it means when it says Jesus wept in John 11.35? You remember the story? Lazarus has died. He comes back and he raises Lazarus from the dead. He was so angry that tears came out of his eyes because of their unfaithfulness. They doubted him. You thought he was crying over Lazarus, didn't you? Okay, Romans 15, verse 4. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, that through perseverance and the encouragement of Scripture, we might have hope. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus, that with one accord you may, with one voice, glorify the God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. For I say that Christ has become a servant or The Greek word is minister or administrator to the circumcised. That is those of the covenant that had circumcision as its sign. On behalf of the truth of God, to confirm the promises given to the fathers and for the Gentiles to glorify God for his mercy as it is written. So here in this difficult passage it says, that God has raised Jesus from the dead to be the administrator of all of the promises of God's covenant in the lives of his people down through their generations, which also now will include Gentiles as well as Jews all over the world who believe in him. So how do we know that the covenant promises are for us? Our faith is weak. We don't deserve these promises. We know because God raised Jesus from the dead. Then also God raised Jesus from the dead to declare to us that a new era has dawned for the whole world. With the resurrection of Jesus Christ, a new world has dawned. Because you see, when Jesus came out of the grave... It was not according to 1 Corinthians 15 and other passages of Scripture as a solitary individual, even as glorious as that individual was. When God raised Jesus from the dead, out of that grave came a whole new world, a new day, a new era, the likes of which this world had never experienced. 
And do you know the words that are used to describe this new day in the Bible? It's called the last days. If you ask the average Christian on the street, are we in the last days? Most will say, of course, we're in the last days. But what they mean by that is that we are in the last period of time right before the second coming of Christ. But beloved, that is not what the term last days means in the Bible. If you look in Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, it says, God spoke in various ways through the prophets in the Old Testament. But in these last days, he has spoken to us in his Son. So here you have the author of the book of Hebrews identifying himself as living in the last days. And these last days are the new era. This final phase in the history of God's redemptive work that, <coughs> that has come with the resurrection of Christ. A new heavens and a new earth are in the making. Did you know the Bible says... That the perfected new heavens and new earth that we're going to enjoy with the second coming of Christ has already invaded history. It speaks of embryonically and in seed form the new heavens and the new earth having begun with Christ's life, death, and resurrection. And now all of history is moving toward that day when this heaven and this earth will be perfected. It has already begun, and we are already participants in it. A new day of salvation in the kingdom of God has broken into human history, and its light is gradually <coughs> excuse me, swallowing up the darkness of the world. Jesus says, my kingdom is like a mustard seed. It's the smallest of seeds. But when it's planted in the ground, it becomes the greatest tree. The kingdom has already begun, and it's growing. The kingdom of God is like a piece of yeast. You put it in a lump of dough, and it will leaven that dough until every particle of that dough has been changed and transformed by the power of that yeast. The end of the world has already begun. We are in the end times. The last days have been in place for 2,000 years. The day of salvation is here. Paul says in Romans 5.21, And sin reigned in death. Even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We are living during the reign of grace. And that is what came forth from the tomb with Jesus. That old reign of sin and death that kept the world in its grasp for century after century before the incarnation and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That old world that has been put into the grave and stays in the grave just like Saturday Sabbath stayed in the grave. And now there is the reign of grace. Don't you love that phrase? That we are living during the day when grace reigns. When there's nothing in this world that is able to stop God's grace from saving sinners. Nothing, beloved. 
Psalm 118 says, speaking of Christ, the stone which the builders rejected is the chief cornerstone. That was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which our Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. What day is that? This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. What day do you think he's talking about? You don't have to guess. You can turn to Acts 4.10 and see. Be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom you have crucified, whom God raised again from the dead, even by him does this man whom they healed stand before you whole. This is the stone cast aside by your builders, alluding to Psalm 118, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For among men there is given none other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. What is that day? That day which the Lord has made and we are to rejoice in and be glad in it. That day began at Christ's resurrection. That new era. That new time. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, Today is the day of salvation. Now is the expected time. So when the Lord Jesus Christ was raised out of the grave, He didn't come out just as an individual. He came out and brought with Him a whole new world, a, a whole new kingdom, a whole new day with Him. We are not of the night anymore, says God's holy word. We are people of a new day. And we should face life and this new day with optimism concerning the future. It is a day that continues to shine and it gets brighter and brighter and bigger and bigger and more influential until every particle of the whole loaf is leavened with the gospel. God says, I have something special to tell you by raising Jesus from the dead. I have brought a new era out of the grave with Christ. And if you believe in Him, you are participants in the new triumphant era. Also, by raising Jesus from the dead, God is assuring us that He has made Christ the first fruits of them that sleep. First fruits, of course, indicates that there will be more coming. 1 Corinthians 15 says, But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. Paul is using here Old Testament words, first fruits. At the beginning of a harvest, the Israelites would offer the first product of their harvest to the Lord, and they would dedicate it to Him. That was the first fruits. As they dedicated this to Him, it was also a thanksgiving to Him because the first fruits were a guaranteed of a full harvest. If the first products of their planting were rich and plentiful, they had every reason to believe that God was going to give them a rich and bountiful harvest at the end of the season. So the first fruits and the full harvest were inseparably connected. The first fruits were evidence of a full harvest. Jesus is the first fruits of those who belong to him. So the fact that God raised Jesus from the dead is the absolute guarantee that all of us who belong to Christ, who are in Christ by faith, will be raised from the dead at the end of our lives, and nothing can keep us in those graves. 
We don't have to live in uncertainty, my friends. We don't have to face death wondering what's going to happen to us next. We don't have to worry about burning several thousand years in purgatory. Christ is the first fruits, and His resurrection guarantees that after death and the second coming of Christ, God will raise our dead bodies from the grave, inevitably, and we will enjoy life in the presence of God throughout all eternity. The resurrection of Christ guarantees the physical resurrection of all of those who experienced spiritual resurrection. Well, that is what you have to look forward to. And that is why Christians should be the most hopeful and optimistic people on this planet. And then lastly, by raising Jesus from the dead, God is proclaiming that he is triumphant over all of his enemies as well as over all of our enemies, sin, Satan, and death. After 1 Corinthians 15 declares that God has in fact arisen from the grave, thus guaranteeing our spiritual and physical resurrection, it then goes on to say that the additional consequence of Christ's resurrection is total victory, over all opposition against him in all areas. And we see this in verses 23 through 28. Listen carefully. Because Christ is risen, he will abolish all opposing rule and authority and power before the end of the world. Listen to what Paul says. But each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, after that those who are in Christ at his coming then comes the end. When he hands over the kingdom to God and the Father. When he has abolished all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that is being abolished is death. Now, if you didn't recognize the tenses of some of those verses in your translations, it is because I made a literal translation as I was reading those verses. It does not say that Christ isn't going to abolish all rule and authority until he comes again. He is saying he is not going to come until after he abolishes all opposition against him on this earth. Why? Because he must reign until he puts all of his enemies under his feet and the last enemy that is in the process of being abolished in Greek is death. And Christ's death was victory over the grave. Christ's resurrection is God saying to us, I have something very special for you. I want you to know that because Christ arose from the grave and he ascends to my right hand, he is going to rule there until he has put all of his enemies under his feet. And then when he puts down all opposition against him in all places... He's going to come back to earth for you, and then God will be our all in all. Beloved, the emphasis of the Bible is not sin and defeat and pessimism and death. It is life and victory over sin and Satan through a crucified, risen, and reigning Christ. 
A person becomes a Christian when he believes the gospel and commits himself to the reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. A Christian is someone who is clear about the centrality of God in life and in salvation. Clear about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has come to see that our entire salvation depends upon a crucified and risen Christ, and he rests upon that Christ alone. A true Christian believes a word from God more staggering than anything Abraham in the Old Testament was called to believe, and he rests solely and entirely upon the sure word alone for salvation. A true Christian believes that Jesus was delivered up for our offenses and raised up for our justification. He must believe what God has declared in his son in spite of everything else he knows about his own weaknesses and his own proneness to fall. In spite of all God's law knows about him and in spite of all hell knows about him. The Christian is called to believe in Christ and to believe that Christ is the Savior and has made him acceptable with God in spite of all that we are. And so a Christian looks not to himself, what he can do or what he is worth, but he looks totally to what God has done and what God has specially and specifically said when he raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus lives, the song says. Thy terrors now can no longer death appall us. Jesus lives by this we know. Those, O grave, canst not enthrall. Hallelujah. Jesus henceforth is death, but the gate of life immortal. This shall calm our trembling breath when we pass its gloomy portal. Hallelujah. Jesus lives for us he died, then alone to Jesus, living pure in heart, may we abide. Glory to our Savior, giving. Hallelujah. Jesus lives, our hearts know well, not from us his love can sever. Life nor death nor power of hell, tear us from his keeping ever. Hallelujah. Jesus lives, to him the throne over the world is given. May we go where he has gone, rest and reign with him in heaven. Hallelujah. What a tremendous gospel we have. We live the exact same life pattern as our Redeemer and Savior. Truly, this is the rich dimension of union with Christ. Thus, as sin manifests itself around us, we know that our lives are hidden with Christ in God. God's love and grace are preserving us for the day of Christ's final coming. Not even Satan and all of his companions can deter what God has worked in the resurrection of his Son. Through Christ's Spirit, the believer is in complete union with the victory of Christ's resurrection. And you live that resurrection presently in heavenly union with your beloved Savior, even as you continue to journey on earth.
And finally, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear in glory. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in Him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, Post Mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener supported, which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are two in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found, again, at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless.